Hey, Eastern fans, this is Sterling. And just like I said at the end of this last episode, we're going to do a, another recasting, but this is just Justin telling us about his recasting of Kill Bill. And when I say just Justin, I mean me and Heather are here, but it's just going to be him doing his recast and we'll comment on it and stuff like that. So this is a mini episode of that. And mini is a relative term because it might just be mini compared to the last one. But let's start the episode. Hey, Sin fans, again, this is Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin, and we are continuing with our recasting episode with Justin doing Kill Bill. So, Justin, we've already done the rules for this. We know what's going on. So, tell us what you're recasting. All right. So, Kill Bill is a movie that's uh, near and dear to my heart. This is a movie that I love a lot. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, if you haven't seen this film is the director and this really is just kind of a celebration and an homage of really his fandom of Japanese culture, old martial arts movies, uh, Asian culture and stuff like that. So there's a lot of just, um, that kind of stuff, the cinematic fights, sword fighting. Um, one of the characters paying homage to Bruce Lee wearing his yellow jumpsuit. There's even an old wise man who <laughs> trains people and stuff like that. So pretty much if you're a, a, a fan of that kind of culture and that kind of, and those types of films, that's really what this film is. It's really an, uh, pays an homage to all of that stuff. So this is a film that I really, really like. I, I really think that this is one of the better female-led action films out there. It's got great action. It's stylistic. And, of course, Quentin Tarantino puts his own great spin on it. So... When we were doing this recast project, I thought that it would be quite the challenge to try to recast this movie. But I didn't just want to do any recasting. Um, I wanted to see if maybe I could even uh, do a Kill Bill, but do like a black version of it. Just kind of do like a race swap of this story and see if it could still work. Could I find the right people that could still deliver an enjoyable experience? but do it in their own way. So that was kind of the challenge that I presented myself with. And this is what I've got for my Kill Bill recast, the what I'm calling the Black Edition. Now, what that means is basically I took most of the, uh, the white characters and I replaced them with black actors and actresses to see if this would still work. Um, some of the people I left, their nationality, like, because I figured that you, you kind of had to, I mean, the whole purpose of it was that they were the, the race that they were, or that they were Asian and things like that. So like Oren Ishii, that character, that was the Asian, uh, mob boss that had got her parents were killed and worked her way up. I thought that that person should have the same nationality. And then there's Gogo Yabari, who was also another, um, Japanese person in this film uh she was one of the uh the the members of bill's assassin group and she has this cool little chain whip sort of thing that she was uh going up against uma thurman with so i kept those two characters in the same nationality but i did change who was playing those characters so that being said, uh, to start at the top, uh, I had to choose another director for this film. And this was tough because, I mean, we're talking Quentin Tarantino. And if there's anybody who directs with a unique style, a unique sense for what dialogue is, and just a very, very distinct way of directing, it's him. So I was like, okay, can I get anybody that could match that or ha has a similar directing style to that? And really the answer is probably no you know I don't I couldn't think of somebody to really match his style but could I pick somebody who could do 
this type of film justice? Who would be good at doing the martial arts scenes? Who would who is somebody that might have an appreciation for this culture like Quentin Tarantino? And where I landed was Chad Stahelski. And if you don't know this guy by name, he's the director of the John Wick films. So with those films, if you've seen any of the John Wick films, they're very heavy on um, excellent choreography. The, the This director has an eye for scenery, especially when it comes to any kind of martial arts action and things like that. So I think that the action set pieces, he would he may do them in a different way from Quentin Tarantino, but he would definitely do these scenes justice. I think that this cast, he would set this cast up for success. He would know what needs to happen in these action sequences. And those sequences are what really drive the Kill Bill movie. So I think that if I can't have somebody as stylistic as Tarantino, if I could have somebody who's going to be skillful about delivering the fight scenes, I think this can be a win. So I went with Chad as my director. Plus, uh, um, When it comes to John Wick, they're very simple stories, simple dialogue, very simple stories. And the and the um, the, and the path to get to beginning to end is very linear, but it's like that by design. It's like that by a purpose. And I think that this Kill Bill movie is very simple. It's a very simple premise and it's a very simple concept. A woman, the bride, Beatrix Kiddo, however you want to, with any of those names work, is left for dead, but she's not dead. After being revived at a hospital, she makes a list in order to get revenge and she goes about out uh, hunting these people down that were part of her assassination plot and she's trying to get revenge and eventually we get to bill hence the name kill bill it's a very simple plot so i think chad could do this man i think his eye for fight scenes his eye for simple stories Chad can do this. He's going to be my winner for this for the directing role. Now we got to cast Beatrix Kiddo. And I think I really did a good job. So I'm thinking about black actresses and I'm like, okay, who could do this role? Who could be the bride? Who has that badassness? Who could bring that charisma that Uma Thurman, the original actress, brought to this role? And I landed on Denai Guerrera. And if you don't know who Denai is by name, this is Michonne from The Walking Dead. This is Okuye from Black Panther. And I think that she could definitely do this. She's been in enough action movies. I've seen her carry a sword in The Walking Dead, and she was pretty believable in that role. She has that strong persona. She has that um, sure-footedness and that, and also can also portray this person who is stubborn at times and things like that. But she's got a very sense, and in Black Panther, she shows a sense of duty. She shows a sense of sticking to her guns and I think that all of those qualities would definitely need to come into play for this role playing Beatrix Kiddo and I think that she could rise to any occasion she could do the action sequences she could work with the martial arts a martial artist and the stunt team in order to do those martial arts scenes so Denai is my girl to play Beatrix Kiddo now the next hardest person to cast is definitely Bill now in the original Kill Bill Bill is played by David Carradine and David Carradine is a veteran of martial arts movies. He's done a lot of martial arts films, um, but, but really in this role, this didn't require a lot of martial arts from David Carradine. And of course, this is later in his career. He's an older man. He didn't have to do much action in this, but what David Carradine did lend to this was just a distinct voice. He has a very distinct voice and he brings a certain charisma to the role of Bill. And at the end of the film where Bill is having this monologue um, and he's talking to uh, the bride and he's telling her about why he does what he does. And there's this monologue about Superman and how Superman dresses as Clark Kent because he looks down on everyone. It's a really great monologue. So I was like, who could do that? Who do I know? 
in my list of black actors who could probably pull this role off. And maybe this will surprise some, but I think it works. I landed on Denzel Washington as the role for Bill. I think that right now, given Denzel Washington's age, he's about at the place where a person would need to be to play this character. Denzel Washington also has a distinct voice. It's a voice that people recognize. It's a tone that you immediately know who that is when he talks. And I think that seeing him as Bill, seeing him cut that monologue about Superman, I think would just be great. There's a great part at the beginning of the film where the assassins uh, have um, Beatrix dead to rights and they're about to kill her and Bill goes on this monologue about oh my sweet sweet girl if only things could have worked if only you would have just uh, you know if only you would have just applied by the plan but you got to do your own thing and I can't have that I have to kill you and he's got this really strong monologue at the end and I think Denzel could deliver that man I think if I had to do a black version of this Denzel Washington could totally deliver that and I think that he would uh, be a a great counterpart to what Carradine did as the role of Bill so on to Oren Ishii. Now, this was originally played by Lucy Liu, and Lucy Liu does a great job in the original Kill Bill. Uh, My selection for this role was actually uh, Z.E. Zong, and if you're not familiar with um, Z.E. Zong, she's um, from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She was the young apprentice to Michelle Yeoh in that movie. She was also the lead actress in Memoirs of a Geisha, House of Flying Dagger. She was also one of the sidekick henchman in Rush Hour 2, if I'm not mistaken. I hope it's not 3. I believe it was Rush Hour 2. Um, she's a great actress, but she's also great at fighting sequences. She's very familiar with the sword, which is what you would need for this character. Um, Lucy Liu did a great job, but I think that whenever the fight scene comes with Uma Thurman, you know, I think that that, that that they were kind of limited with what they could do just because um, that that may not necessarily be something that Lucy Luce for familiar with. That's not her wheelhouse, but this is very much Z.E. Zong's wheelhouse. She can totally do this. She's worked with wires before. She can do tons. She's done excellent, excellent, top-notch martial arts films. So I think with her and a director like Chad Stahelski from the John Wick movies, he's going to bring something to those fight scenes that that Quentin Tarantino just, I don't think, would be able to do. So I think you would have some dynamite fight scenes with Denai and Z.E. Zong as Oren Ishii. That brings me to Gogo Yabari, kind of my other Asian that was in this film that I needed to cast. And uh, this is kind of a new girl, but uh, or she at least she's probably new to us in the States. But for Gogo Yabari, I landed on Park Sodom from and this and if you don't know that name that person by name I keep saying that but it's kind of necessary she is the younger sister in the Parasite movie that just recently came out last year Um, the, the the younger sister uh, for the Kim family, the poor family. So she's the poor sister that kind of manipulates her way into being the art uh, tutor in the house. Uh, this actress is is not only young enough to play the role, I think she's got the youth for it, but she was great in that role. I think she has a great charisma. I think she has a, a perfect personality for this. Gogo Yabari, the original actress, was uh, was great because she came off as very like innocent and childlike and everything like that and very youthful. But when it was time to flip that switch and be aggressive, she was relentless going after Uma Thurman. So I think that this is a role that Park So Damn could definitely do. I think she's got the beauty for it. She's got the talent for it. 
I would love to see her in that role as Go-Go Yabari. Um, and I've just got a few people left. I didn't do everybody, just tried to do the main assassins. So another assassin was Bud, played by Michael Madsen. And Michael Madsen of, is in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, and he's got a very suave, kind of cool charisma about himself. And he's just a very just cool customer is Michael Madsen. And that's how he plays Bud. And Bud is is very simple. He doesn't do a lot of fighting in this movie. Uh, I think where he actually, he actually fights her with a gun or tries to shoot her with a shotgun and there's just a little skirmish, but nothing that would require a lot of physicality. So I landed on Samuel L. Jackson for the role of Bud. I think that Samuel L. Jackson is kind of that cool uh, equivalent to somebody like Michael Madsen. Uh, Michael Jackson would deliver, would be able to deliver some funny lines. Michael Jackson would be Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Would, yeah, would, I was about to correct you on that. Yeah, my bad. You had done it twice. Did I? Crap. I was hoping it was only once. Okay. But Samuel L. Jackson, sorry, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> but uh, I think he would be able to deliver a lot of those lines the same way. Sam Jackson could bring a suave, cool charisma to that character as well. And I think that Samuel L. Jackson would totally nail that role. And I've only got th- a, a few people left. L. Driver, who was played by Daryl Hannah in the original Kill Bill. And L. Driver is one of the assassins. She had the eye patch if you're struggling to remember who that is by name. And she was great in the film. You know, she's got not a lot of dialogue, but there is an action sequence in a trailer park that was great um, with her and Uma Thurman. And the person who I chose for this role was uh, Tariji P. Henson. And I think that this would totally work. I could see her in that getup with the eye patch and everything like that. I think that her and Denise I could also have some kick-ass fight scenes and everything like that. And I think that the same energy that Daryl Hannah brought to the role, I think Tariji P. Henson could bring that same kind of charisma to the role. So I would just love to see that. And um, uh, the last couple of roles I have here is Vernita Green, who was played by uh, Vivica A. Fox in the original um, Kill Bill. So this was already a black character, and there's and there's a and that's a great scene in the movie where that fight occurs because it occur because basically Uma Thurman comes and knocks on her door and she's in the middle of just at the house chilling taking care of her daughter and they literally have a fight scene in a living room and a table gets smashed and it's real just like not so much like flips and that kind of choreography. It's a very just like down to earth, bare bones kind of scrappy fight scene. And I chose Megan Good for this part. I think that Megan could do this. I think that the same kind of way that Vivica A. Fox played this role, I think that Megan Good could totally do this. And I think that her and Denai could throw down and really get down in that scene. And with Chad's direction, I think that Megan good could play that role just as well as Vivica did and there weren't a lot of speaking parts again this wasn't a big role but I think that Megan Good at the few times that I see Megan Good I mean she's what the name implies she's good so I think that she could uh definitely pull off this role and the final role that I have is Johnny Moe. And Johnny Moe, if you remember him, uh, if you don't remember him, he was played by Gordon Liu. And he's the leader of the Crazy 88. So he was the bald guy who has the bandana wrapped around his eyes and the, the eye hole bandana. And he's kind of the director of the Crazy 88s, which was that big group of guys, that army of guys with swords that Uma Thurman has to face uh, when Whenever she's in the uh, the the big hotel restaurant gimmick that they were in, and that's an incredible fight. I mean, that was just an incredible fight. 
so the person that I chose for this was actually LL Cool J. I, I could see him doing this, man. And I think he's bigger. He's a lot more intimidating looking. I could see him with the headband, being an assassin, directing those people. And I think that even though it is a little bit of a contrast to what Gordon Liu did, I really think that, especially with not having many speaking parts, he could bring that ferocity and he has an intimidating look. So I think that he would bring all of that to the role and would totally nail that role. So that would be it for my Kill Bill uh, black version casting. Now, Justin, I have one problem with LL Cool J, and that would be how could anyone fight him? Because the ladies love Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That would be the one issue, I guess. <laughs> and, and I guess you could argue it's such a minor role, but dude, he would totally nail that. I could see his big ass man with that headband on being like, oh, and, and the whole army runs in. Yeah, I could totally see him doing it. But yeah, you got a point, though. Where are the ladies at? <laughs> I mean, for a lot of this, Justin, I am going to kind of just side with you by default just because of the sheer fact that I'm not a huge Kill Bill fan. Um, mm -hmm. and it's not anything with it. And it, it, it's because Kill Bill was the start of my slight disgruntledness with Quentin Tarantino, because there's a lot of foot fetish scenes in this movie. And that's whenever it kind of first started. And like me being distracted by Quentin Tarantino's style more than in, enveloped in it. Um, but and, and, and so mm. with it, I've only seen it one and two. I think I've seen one two or three times and I've seen two part two one or two times you know and it's been a very very long time since any of those so I just don't have the familiarity with it you know it's not like I, I, I remember most of these people that you're saying you know that you're, you're you're bringing up but it's not completely clicking you know what I mean um but I mean I like most of your casting though I do think it's funny that you're taking Samuel L. Jackson, who was in Kill Bill Part 2 as Rufus, yeah, and, 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 and putting him <laughs> in a different role in it. I do think that's delightful. Um, and I do like, I do like Denzel as, as Bill. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, don't you, though? Yeah. He could totally do it, could he? Yeah, it's, it's, it, and like you said, it's like Bill. Bill's a weirdly imposing figure in the movies. You never really see anything that just makes him completely imposing. Other than just like, it's the way people talk about him and mm -hmm. the way they reference him and things like that. And it just implies that he's a, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you, you don't really get to see him doing bad motherfucker things and that's fine because they don't do anything to then make you think he's not what everybody says. And I think that's the good thing about it is all these people say he's bad and you never see him not being that person, you know? I mean, when it came down to it, too, he like had his kid that he had, you know, no one knew existed. Oh, well, yeah, he was being a good dad to the kid that didn't necessarily like make him not the character people said, you know. And so yeah. having somebody like Denzel with that and the way he could be very smooth with the way he talked. But knowing Denzel, you know, he could be that there could be something more there, even if we're not seeing it. You know, the fact that people are saying mm -hmm. it's there would make it real. And that's a, that's a very unique prospect with that. Yeah. And I think that people hold Denzel in such a high regard anyway, that like you said, a, a lot of the Kill Bill movie is people talking about how great Bill is or how deadly he is or how relentless he is and stuff like that. And I think that Denzel Washington is the kind of actor that commands that kind of respect. You know what I mean? He has a similar, maybe not like, oh, Denzel is a killer, but you know what I mean? He's got a respect that kind of parallels to something like that. So him being this person, you'd already buy it as an audience member because you already respect him anyway. You know what I mean? So I think that totally works. What do you think about deny as Beatrix kiddo, my bill? Cause I thought that was a solid pick too. Your, your Beatrix kiddo, not your bill. 
You've got too many names in this. It's fucking you up, man. You were saying Michael Jackson at one point. <laughs> well, Beatrix Kiddo is the real name of the bride. The no, no, I know. Character. You said, but, you said oh. of Bill. What do you think of her as Bill? Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> did I? I thought yeah. I said Beatrix. No, you, you did say Beatrix Kiddo, but then you ended with as Bill. I think you meant as the bride, but you said as Bill. Oops, I thought I said the bride. <laughs> well, my bad. It was really, it really was like the Michael Jackson thing because you had said Michael Jackson and then you said Michael Jackson again and that's when you caught yourself was the second time. So, oh, but I, I think Oops. she's fantastic. I think that's a great choice. Yeah, um, that's solid. That's a good one. in both Black Panther and the Marvel movies and in Walking Dead, you've seen her have uh, like a sweeter side, which is a part of this. You know, with the whole like marriage mm-hmm. scene and, you know, stuff like that, you do see that sweeter side and you've seen her, you know, rage filled and attacking the fuck out of people, which works. And, you know, you've seen just her go through a, a range of emotions on Walking Dead. I mean, at least I had by the time I stopped watching it. So, yeah, I think it would. Be, I think she's yeah, I, I think that I don't want to say that's a no brainer, but. Because there's a lot of choices out there that would also work. But I think that's, yeah, it's, I think her as that is, yeah, it immediately works. Yeah, it's a good fit. I, that's, yeah, that's a perfect choice almost. Because, yeah, I mean, she's, she's really good. And I would just, I really want to see her in more things. And yeah, like just. And yeah, you've seen a lot of range from her. And she can do the, I'm super angry. And I want revenge, but I'm also, but she's also like technically a mom who lost her kid and, you know, like all the things that she had to go through to figure out what was going on with that. And yeah, I think she was a solid choice. Yeah. And I'm, and I, and just imagine the scene at the end when her and Denzel Washington going back and forth, like, I think that'd be pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah. Denzel would be really good at that, that last scene, like the walk away scene, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think he would be amazing in that scene for sure. Um, and yeah. it's funny that you say Denzel, because my first thought would actually have been Samuel L. Jackson as that character. <laughs> Cause I think that he just how menacing he can be and just how he delivers lines. He would have been so good at that. But yeah, it's just that because there's such this unspoken thing about bill because it's just not unspoken i mean it's all spoken but this unseen thing about bill that yeah it's just like he's got the reputation but you don't really see much of what he's doing and i just think that that mysterious side of who he is i think denzel would do really well so that's a solid choice too um my only the only thing i was thinking differently really because i mean your choices were great um, bud, I actually, I think that Michael Ely would be a really good bud. That's the only other one I could think of that hmm. would be different from yours, but also you can't not have Samuel L. Jackson if he's not in a different role. So, <laughs> but I think Michael <laughs> Ely could play that, that type of character really well. Yeah, I agree with that. He could, he totally could play that character. Yeah. He's got that cool kind of mellow type charisma. Yeah. I could see that. I could totally yeah. see that. And I love your director choice. That's perfect. So that's great. Yeah. Just imagine what he could do with those fight scenes. I mean, because Quentin Tarantino, it, 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 his fighting, it wasn't so much about the choreography more than it was about the art direction and the style. They, they were very stylish. They looked visually appealing, but for different reasons. I don't think this director could maybe emulate the style but boy those fight scenes will be better (laughs) i mean they have no choice but to be better you know what i mean so that was kind of my thought process on it and 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 i have one alternative for you instead of tajay p henson uh for the l driver character no yeah l driver's character or the character l driver um to me personally i think a really strong choice for that and especially for fight stuff and some of the stuff in general that you can add with it would be regina king Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. she sure. totally could do that especially coming out yeah. after the watchman i'm down 
Yeah, and I don't know She's how amazing. I didn't think of her after seeing The Watchmen, but yeah, she could totally, yeah, man, she could be a driver, she could be Vernita Green. I mean, she could have been, she could be any of those, but yeah, I like her she'd as be an driver. Awesome, yeah, she'd be an awesome Vernita Green, though, too. She Anything, really, she could do, so. Well, I mean, honestly, if it came down to it, she could be Beatrix Kiddo, too. As yep. an alternative yep. to that. Very true. Honestly, she's yeah, an she alternative to anything could. she wants. Because, yeah, she was so amazing in The Watchmen. And you, and you got to see some fighting stuff and stuff like that in it. You know, and that, mm-hmm. I think that's what really kind of adds that element to to this for me. You know, and it's nothing against uh, Megan Good. Because I'm never going to turn down looking at Megan Good. But, <laughs> you know, whether it's her or Tajay P. Henson, you know, you might not have seen them fight in a movie. Which is nothing, because it's not like we ever saw, you know, Daryl Hannah Darryl or Vivica Fox fighting Vivica a movie Fox. like this, you know. And so it works either way. You can always, they can always learn. You know what I mean? They can always train. But I think especially, though, with the L Driver character, which there was a little bit more brutality in her in the movies. Yeah. And yeah. seeing what Regina King did in The Watchmen when it comes to some brutality, it just seems really fitting. Which just the yeah. way she can portray mm. that. Yeah. And I could see Regina King that that scene where L driver is at coming to the hospital and she's in that <laughs> outfit and she's coming <laughs> to, uh, I want to say it was a nurse's outfit and she's coming to uh, kill uh, Beatrix off. I could totally see, I mean, I could, I could see Tariji doing it, but I could totally uh, see Regina King doing that too. I, I just want her in totally the movie. See that. I don't care what yeah. she, she can be bill and I'm in like for real, <laughs> but like also another alternative for uh, Vernita green. I don't think a Gabrielle union would do a bad job either. Oh, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. That's another great pick. Yeah. I like her for that role too. Hey, and, and like she's Megan a mom, good, you know, she turned down looking at her either. Yeah. <laughs> she's, Man, and she's in great shape. I mean, I saw that commercial with her and D-Wade. She's in great shape still. And I mean, you know, she could relate to that role. That's a relatable role. She's a mom, but she's tough. Yeah, that's a good yeah. pick. Solid pick. So, yeah, no, I think I think there are a lot of good options here. And yeah, I'm not going to touch the other one, the Lucy Liu character, because I don't know who would be good alternatives for that, because I don't watch a lot of those movies anymore. Yeah. Like it's, it's just mm-hmm. been a while. Um, what do you think about my director choice? When, like, when the fuck just am I gonna you're say, such a big when fan. When the fuck am I going to say the director of John Wick can't direct something else? Like, <laughs> that's just a given. Like you're like director of John Wick. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do it. That motherfucker okay. can direct an episode okay. of my little pony and I'm going to be fucking down with it. I mean, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I just wondered if you wanted to add anything to that or say, well, this is what he would do or not do, or I don't know. I just thought maybe you might've had a different opinion. So I thought I'd ask, uh, he can come down here. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm always down with that. Like, yeah. I mean, and and technically he was, if I'm, he was co-director in the first one. And then the guy directed the second two by himself. Um, but I mean, yeah, he is a stunt man, you know, and, and and, and, and and like you were saying, though, Justin, just he knows how to build a fight scene and he knows how to tell a story because like you were saying, the story of Kill Bill isn't infinitely complex. It's yeah. very stylized. It's not complex, though. Um, and it's it's not far off from John Wick. They're very similar stories in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, well, think about Beatrix, Beatrix Kiddo. She's especially in these movies. She's a force of will like the able the like her desire to kill bill is what drives her through everything you know like you're right like to to, yeah to get through the entire you know crazy 88s um that wasn't you know like that was determination or punching out of the coffin you know yeah like that's determination or coming out of the coma and killing Mm -hmm. that rapist being shot point blank in the head yeah and 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 killing the rapist willed yeah that's all will it's force of will yeah you know, it's very much yeah. a John Wickian. I mean, I know this is before John Wick, so it's not really fair to call it John Wickian. But I mean, it's just there are parallels there, you know. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, this this guy knows this story, you know. And like you said, the, the fights he would build in this. And while Kill Bill had very stylized fighting, I think with Chad, you, you, you get 
stylized fighting, but you would get a slightly more brutal edge to it. And that's weird saying with like how brutal that crazy 88 fight was. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Bliss people get, get, yeah. But it was so, it's still pretty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was still a pretty yes. fight. Mm-hmm. I want to see one that's down in the dirt fucking makes you cringe because fucking people are getting their arms broken and shit. You know, like, I, that's the fight I want. I want that fucking fight that John Wick and Halle Berry had uh, going through that town with the dogs and shit. Mm-hmm. I want that fight, but the cra- yeah. it's crazy 88s. Oh my gosh, dude. Imagine this guy directing that crazy 88. Oh my gosh, dude. Like, man, it would be awesome. Ooh, Halle Berry as the bride. I would be down with that too. Oh, see, that's another one. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's Halle Berry would work in a lot of those roles. You know, and I think that that's the good thing about these roles is I know this might be sacrilege to some people when I'm saying this about Kill Bill. Kill Bill doesn't have to be any of those people. There are a lot of people that could have done just as good of a job as Uma Thurman. And I'm not saying that to take away anything Uma Thurman did in that movie. But there are a lot of actresses that can do that. Um, Yeah. I almost think the only person that was indispensable in the original Kill Bill was David Carradine. And I still think there are a few other guys that could have done the same thing. You know, yeah, and it's it, and I'm not trying to take away anything from that. I just think as far as Quentin Tarantino movies go with him trying to do the types of films that he was paying homage to. He's done that for a lot of his movies. Foxy Brown's another example of that, you know, of taking like a black uh, exploitation film or in this just a lot of the kung fu films and stuff like that and doing an homage film to them. I think Kill Bill while having a very strong cast of characters and people, you know, and actors in it is kind of one of his few movies where a lot of people are interchangeable with somebody else. I don't think you could have done that in Pulp Fiction, you know? Yeah. I don't think you could recast Samuel Jackson or, you know, someone else's Samuel Jackson's character. I don't think you can cast someone else's John Travolta's character. I don't think you can recast Uma Thurman Mm -hmm. in that. I think Mm -hmm. those are more iconic roles, kind of like in Reservoir Dogs. I think those are very specifically cast characters. I don't think I would even that, say the same about Django too. That one you can't really recast them. They were so good. I mean, yeah. Uh I, I think I think there were I think there would be a few people that could have done Django. Um Yeah, but the supporting I guess I guess would be yeah, what I mean. Well, I'm just saying characters. There are a few, but like Inglorious Bastards. I don't really think you can recast too many people in that. You could some of the very small roles. Like I know the uh the character of the Bear Jew was originally meant to be Adam Sandler, not Eli Roth. Uh, there was just a scheduling conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but like outside of that, I mean, a lot of those characters are very strong and very specific. I don't feel that way about Kill Bill. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that he kind of aped so much showed a lot of the Kung Fu films in the regard of like in general Kung Fu films from back in the day. If it wasn't like a Bruce Lee or like you're watching a Jackie Chan movie or something like that, where it was a character vehicle, like, you know, how many of those uh, Hong Kong films do we have a Jackie Chan, you know, where it's yeah. a Jackie, it's, it's a Jackie Chan vehicle, you know, there, those movies are made because Jackie Chan's like, Hey, let's make a movie. Um, but outside of those, there's hundreds and thousands of films. They're just in general Kung Fu films. And I think, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, that this kind of feels like one of those movies kind of where you could just kind of replace some people and it wouldn't really change the story too much. I don't think it would really detract you all too much. And I think that that's what's kind of fun with this recasting though, is you're doing a more specific uh, type of casting for it. And we're still kind of having the same thing that you could do with the first movie. Cause like I said, I really do feel like you could do that with the first movie. Like if I were to look up, because yeah. I don't remember, I want to say they came out in 2002, 2003, something like that. Um, or it might've been 2003, 2004, whatever. I'm pretty sure I could go back now and look at actors that were around then and around the same ages as these people that were in this movie. And I could come up with a bunch that you could swap in and out of this movie, you know? And like I said, I don't think it's a knock. And it's just, I think that that's what kind of makes it more fun is there are a lot of possibilities you know, you could, you came up with a great cast and then it's like, oh, well, Regina King. And you're like, oh, fuck. Now I want to put Regina King in this movie, you know, <laughs> and it's and it's not even that like and I have nothing against uh, Tajay Pins and and I, I think she'd be perfect in that role, you know, 
if if we were to watch Kill Bill right now and she was in that role, I'd 100% be down. But it's just like, oh, what are all these possibilities? And it just kind of makes it fun that there's, you know, like we did this whole thing or you did this whole thing. And now we're just like, we've mentioned all these other great actresses and actors that could have done maybe some other stuff as alternatives and all this other stuff. And then we get to Halle Berry. And you're like, well, fuck, now you want to put Halle Berry in it. <laughs> like, that makes it very fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's also kind of uh, the nature of what it is. Because like you said, this is a martial arts revenge plot type of movie. Very simple plot. Very simple characters. You know, there's not a lot of layers. Um, specifically, there are layers to a few characters, a few of your main characters. But for the most part, every character is a representation of something he's seen in a martial arts film or something like that. And they have a very specific purpose. So I think just by merit of what it is now, of course, a, a whodunit uh, family uh, caper type of movie like Knives Out, you're not just going to be able to switch, you know, because the personalities are what drive it. This is more driven by the martial arts, the action sequences, and the stylized violence. So, yes, I think that by nature of what it is, it would be easier to put different uh, peep, different actors in because you're fitting because you can fit. I think it's easier to fit the actor into a simpler kind of stylistic story like that more than it would be to fit an actor into something that's a lot more complex, if that makes sense. Oh, no, I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of Keanu Reeves. In the John Wick movies, you can replace everybody else. And those movies yeah. would be the exact same. Yeah. You know, 100%. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in Keanu Reeves. It's because it's Keanu Reeves. Like he gets like Keanu Reeves gets <laughs> like a hall John pass. Wick. <laughs> like, yeah, he just he gets a hall pass with it. Like, but, you know, after the first John Wick, you probably had more flexibility. You could have recast that. I think it works a little better with him just for the sheer fact of his, you know, status as an actual screen on screen fighter what he's able to do is more or less untouched with a lot of actual actors yeah. in a fight sequence so he makes sense especially with those directors and stuff like that but every other character you can recast every other it's one it's kind of like it's kind of like how we were talking about Hugh Jackman is Wolverine like Keanu Reeves is John Wick there's just no one yeah. that can replace what he did <laughs> You know, and, and like I said, there was nothing against what I said with Uma Thurman. I mean, I did, you know, I meant no, you know, disrespect for that because I mean, Uma Thurman's a great uh, actress, but yeah, she's good. It's, you know, it's not, it's just a little different. But like I said, the rest of the movie really is the same. You can recast all of John Wick and you'd be fine. You know, as much as I love, um, what's his name? Ian McShane. I love him. You can recast that. And he's yeah. a great yeah. character in that movie. You can recast it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's, and like I think what both of you and me said, it's just kind of the nature of the type of movie it is, you know, as long as they yeah. can do the fighting, that's what matters the most. You can work yeah. around other stuff, you know, and I think that that was kind of the beauty of something like Kill Bill and or like even the beauty of a John Wick is you can get some bigger name actors to do some stuff. And if you've got a smart director, you can kind of cover up some of the flaws, you know? Yeah. yeah. Quentin Tarantino's a smart director. He can cover up the flaws in all their actual fighting abilities. Mm -hmm. Same with Chad. Yeah. He can cover up your flaws because the guy was a fucking fight choreographer and a stuntman for years. He, he can cover up anybody's flaws in a fight scene, yeah. you know, but he, he, you know, it's why you have a Keanu Reeves in that movie. You kind of want somebody you don't have to do that with, at least in a main role, you know? Um, and I think with what we were talking about, like if you do a Regina King or, oh, what's her name, Michonne? I don't know how to say her name. Somebody say her name for me, so I'm Deny. not. Deny. Yes. Deny. Yeah, so I'm not terrible in butchering somebody's name. Um, She could do it and you wouldn't have to cover up much, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's the great yeah. thing about your casting of her would be you could do a lot of that stuff and she could do it because we've seen her do it on screen. You know, we've seen her do it as Michonne. We've seen her do it in Black Panther. Um, So then that way, 
you've you've got your main character, the person you're going to see fighting more than everybody else, be the one you're having to cover up the least. And I think that that is what would make this movie work. Yeah. Cool. And it would be kind of funny to see her do that scene as young Beatrix kiddo in the class. Oh, yeah. I want to see her do that. I think that that would actually be really fun. Which one? Yeah. Which scene? Uh, the scene where it's like a flashback to her being a kid in school and it's like a bunch of kids and Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see her do that because yeah. I've seen her do interviews and stuff like that. And she's a very funny person. And I don't yeah. feel like we get a lot of that in her roles. I want to see some more of that. And I think that that would be a really uh, great chance to shine in that way. Yeah. And I'm just saying she would look awesome in that suit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, she would. She would. She would just totally kill it, man. She, she would kill for sure. Hey, and as a fallback of Regina King, you're not going to hurt in that department either. True. Very true. Not at all. But I like her. But I like her better as El Driver, man. Those two yeah. going oh, at no, it, yeah, Denai right. and Regina going at it in that trailer park, man, tight. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right on that. I mean, it was kind of like with some of our castings in the last one where, you know, you get those people that you're like, well, they could fit nine different roles in this movie, you know? You're right. And, and, and I think, that like, I'm not going to lie. I think there are some jobs in Hollywood I could do. Maybe not well, but I could probably do them. I, this is going to sound bad. I could direct a movie as good as Michael Bay. Just saying. I can tell shit to explode. <laughs> I'm, I'm being slightly facetious and I'm slightly not. Um, because I, I'm not one of those people that's just going to knock a Michael Bay movie because it's a Michael Bay movie. Cause I've enjoyed some Michael Bay movies. I have enjoyed some Michael Bay movies. So I don't consider that like really an insult to call something a Michael Bay movie. Um, but the one job I don't think I could ever do in Hollywood, and I think through the other episode and this episode, would be a casting director. Because holy fuck, how do you not just like fall in love with somebody and get that person stuck in your head? And if they turn you down, then like, right. how do you choose somebody else? Yeah. Like when we were I talking I think that would be a super fun, that would be a fun job, but you're right. Yeah. To me, it's almost impossible. Like when we were talking earlier and you came up with your great, uh, choices for ransom and then john krasinski was mentioned and I, then i saw nobody else but john krasinski like i could see nobody else right. and like then like what if you're casting that movie and john krasinski tells you no and then you're like but who do i choose i only thought him yeah <laughs> right. like it's 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 that aspect of it and i think that that's the fun thing about some of these things like i'm terrible I, i'm terrible at casting because i would want to cast naomi scott as every female ever like <laughs> kill bill she's it <laughs> yeah like it, it's just everything, you know, like, oh, we need a 90 year old woman. We can get Naomi Scott and some fucking prosthetics. Totally would work. Like, yeah, that would be the bad thing about it is as just being like, you have to detach yourself so quickly from certain things, you know? And I know sometimes you and hear stories about like a casting director or a director or a producer focusing on one person being like, no, they're that person. And no matter what we're getting them like Chris Evans for Captain America. He turned down the rules several times and Marvel kept just coming back to him and go, dude, gotta be you. <laughs> and finally he took the role and they were absolutely right. It had to be him. Um, but yeah, fuck. It'd be just so hard. And yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking like even just from a just me, just from my experience, like doing a little bit of film writing and stuff like that, screenwriting, imagine writing a screenplay for a specific actor. And then that actor not being able to do it for whatever reason, it's just not feasible. Like you, the studio be waiting a year for this actor to do it. And then having to rewrite that for somebody else, which happens. And I'm just like, God, Lee, that would suck, man. Because if you had written all of these things, because sometimes you do that. You write for a specific actor or you write with a specific actress or actor in mind and then to not get that person. I mean, that would just that that, that would totally suck, man, especially I, I think that in that situation that would just suck a lot of balls too. We're thinking about it. Cause like, cause, cause you, cause I, you hear about that kind of stuff all the time. Well, it was written for this person, but so it had to be rewritten and altered for, because they got this actor for the role. And I'm like, God, that would be so difficult, man. 
to have to go back through your shit and go, okay, this part, uh, but but it's not Harrison Ford anymore. It's Patrick Swayze or whatever the situation is. You know what? That that would just be tough, you know, because you'd have to think about that actor's tendencies, how they would play a certain part, things like that. That would be tough even on that end. Now that you got me thinking about it, you know? No, I mean, you have to be very fortunate when you write a movie for a specific person. Um, I mean, it, it really is. It's, and I know we bring this up or at least have a lot in this specific episode, but John Wick was written for Keanu Reeves um, because he is friends with those people. You know, they knew him from the matrix. Um, so they luck out because that movie's only getting made if you have Keanu Reeves. So, you know, they kind of luck out in that regard that they wrote it with Keanu being John Wick and scheduling conflicts or anything weren't going to delay like weren't going to mess it up because it was only going to get made if, if he's doing it so yeah you know they don't have to worry about that aspect of it but no i totally agree with you because you know there are times like you've got something in your head and you write a whole movie for that and you're like yeah this character is going to be it and then they're like oh no i just got this other role and i'm going to be in new zealand for two years filming and you're like well shit let's get somebody else oh let me rewrite mm-hmm. my whole main character i mean sometimes it works out you know, um, and then sometimes it just you can tell that they've got they ended up with one character and you can kind of tell that it was written for another, you know, you can sometimes you really can. So, I mean, it it really is interesting with a lot of that. And, you know, like I said, I think I think casting directors are some of the most like unheralded heroes we have in movies like a, a good casting director. You're they're making your movie for you, you know. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, in the fact that they have to make a decision and all this other stuff, I mean, you've got movies like, like the, and I know really big name actors don't really have to audition for things. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have to do some screen tests and some compatibility tests with people, but they're not just coming in and reading lines and you're going, oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Cruz. I don't know if we're going to choose you. You're bringing Tom Cruise in going, all right, we're going to put you in the costume. We're going to see what you'd look like on camera. <laughs> You're not going, oh, hey, read these lines, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, and sometimes like they don't get a job based on screen tests and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're not doing a traditional audition. They're we're, they're just going, oh, we're going to see what you would look like in this role. Like we're going to assume you're in this movie and we're going to do that stuff. You know, they're already at the next step past regular auditions most of the time and so like some of those you don't have issues with with as a casting director you're not worrying about those people um but just in general geez like i would be so indecisive and stuck sometimes and it's and i think it's very obvious with just in general like you hear somebody and then but think about how many unknown actors are out there or just actors in small roles we haven't seen they also could nail the fuck out of these parts and we just don't even know right And that's, yeah, that's what I was about to say, too, because you think about some of these movies where casting directors took a chance on, like, unknowns over people who they probably would have been like, man, I want that person for the role, like Wonder Woman or the new Spider-Man. Like, just taking a chance on these mostly unknown people to play these really huge parts, and they nailed it. You know what I mean? Like, you really have to be able to be a good judge of those things without having a bias of like, no, I want this person and everything because you would, you know, like, it's like, well, yeah, why would I not put Tom Cruise in something or, you know, Denzel Washington in something? So yeah, I mean, just they they have to be smart, you know, and they have to be very strategic about it because like, think of these movies and how different they would be if known people were in them over unknown people. I mean, Tom Holland is everyone's favorite Spider-Man now. Like if they hadn't taken a chance on that kid who had maybe two or three movies or something before that, like, you know, where would we even be? You know what I mean? So yeah, they have a hard job. I mean, Tom Holland's and biggest he, claim to fame at that point was being in, was it uh Billy Elliot, the play? Yeah. That was his like biggest claim to fame at that point. And now Tom Holland's a fucking household name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And really, I mean, just you're making me think of more comic book. I mean, the moment he started talking about it, I immediately started thinking about all the comic book casting risk. But I think that also comes into play when you have even sometimes a veteran actor who doesn't have a great reputation. Imagine the risk of casting Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man oh, at it the time didn't happen because of that. He was at the mm. time where he was in his life. I mean, just think about the risk of that. Like, yeah. if it works, then you've got your anchor, you've got your first bland, your first brick for this entire thing that could potentially be just a multi-billion history-making thing. And if it doesn't work, all of that is just garbage or people don't come because of his reputation or mm-hmm. if he's not able to nail it because of where he is in his life. Just think about the risk of that. I mean, right. It's crazy. I mean, to speak specifically to that, and I don't know how much of this is exactly true. So take this with a huge grain of salt, but I do know John Favre was very big on Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And from what I've heard, Kevin Feige was very big on that. But at the time, Kevin Feige wasn't the Kevin Feige we know today. He was kind of the number two to Ike Perlmutter, um, Mm -hmm. who is the CEO of Marvel uh, and still is even under Disney. He's still the head of Marvel. Um, But Ike was completely against Robert Downey Jr. because of his past. And which is funny because that's the I I don't want to say the ironic part about it, but that's what kind of makes it magic is you look at the history of Tony Stark's character with demon in a bottle and stuff like that, where yeah. Iron Man raging alcoholic, like fell from grace because of it. Mm-hmm. It's that's Robert Downey Jr. That's his, that's his life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Talk and about then, a turnaround for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's one of the most beloved people on earth. You know, mm-hmm. he's, I mean, this guy was so fucking loaded. He went into somebody else's house. He pulled, a Ben Affleck in the way back in real ben life. Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> he did that in real life. You know, I mean, how many times were you hearing stories of Robert Downey Jr. getting arrested for drugs and bullshit? Yeah. You know, and they did and they took a chance. And like now it's hard to imagine like it really it really is kind of hard to remember some of those things about him. Yeah. And yeah. Apparently, wasn't it Iron Man that he's, he does credit with basically like saving his life a little bit and keeping him on the right track, I think. I think keeping him on the right track. He had already become sober again. Right. But I think if Iron Man hadn't happened, he he thinks that he might have fallen off the, the wagon again. Right. If it wasn't for Iron Man. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but like, think about it. Like if this was 1998 and they're like, hey, we're casting the X-Men. Who of any of us would have known to like even think about Hugh Jackman? I know he wasn't their first choice. They had had mm-hmm. a few others. They wanted Russell Crowe. And you got to think about this is post Gladiator. <laughs> well, this is post Gladiator Russell Crowe, though. Yeah. Where he was the ultimate badass. Yep. Yeah. This I get was it. Super ripped. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. This was post Gladiator Russell Crowe. Um, and then I want to say, was what is it Stuart Town? No, it's not Stuart Townsend. It's Duggery Scott. I believe the, the guy that played the bad guy in Mission Impossible 2. The worst mm-hmm. mission impossible. He was the next choice, but he turned it down because of, if I'm remembering this correctly, he turned it down because of Mission Impossible 2. Really? You know, there were a few people they wanted, and I think it finally went to Hugh Jackman. And everybody in America is going, Who the fuck is Hugh Jackman and why is he playing my Wolverine? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, Oh, yeah, who the fuck can replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? <laughs> right. Like some <laughs> yeah. of those, some of those castings were fairly like on the nose. Because ever since you were a small child, Justin, like when X-Men, the animated series was on. And I know you didn't watch Star Trek, but I know you know who Patrick Stewart was. Was there anybody to yeah. ever play Professor X other than Patrick Stewart? <laughs> you, bet you got a point, man. You there was no one. Point. He always looked like Professor no X. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And nothing against <laughs> James McAvoy, who is an amazing Professor X. Yeah. But Patrick Stewart, I don't want to say he was born to make that role, but like. As somebody that grew up kind in the of. 90s, yeah, it was Patrick Stewart's role. We all knew that. <laughs> but yeah, like how many of these people, like like I said, Hugh Jackman, like who the fuck would ever think that? And he's easily, outside of Patrick Stewart, easily the most iconic of any of the, the people to be in any of the roles. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or Heath Ledger for Joker. Oh, no. That's yeah. another one that yeah, I think Yeah, who would have thought like, of that one? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that that's Man. what you were going to get? Who would have thought? I mean, a funny game might be. <laughs> Anybody that watched oh, Brokeback okay. Mountain knew it was possible. We'd all seen it. So that wasn't crazy to us, I don't think. You know what I mean? It wasn't as crazy because we had seen him just do pure acting. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that kind of acting? I don't know. I wasn't completely against it because of Brokeback Mountain. And I wouldn't say I was against it. I was just surprised. Like when I saw the trailer for it for the first time, I remember being like, what? Like if you didn't know it was him, then you wouldn't know it was him. You know, I mean, I guess let me rephrase. I wasn't surprised by the casting because of Brokeback Mountain. Now, to the extent at which he played the role. Yes, I wasn't expecting that out of him. But his casting as the Joker didn't surprise me because of Brokeback Mountain. Mm, okay, I gotcha. So what were, you, what were you saying, Justin, about what, what, what game to play with this? Oh, I was just um, saying uh, a funner game with this thing might be uh, trying to, like, predict what actors could rise to that occasion rather than kind of picking the mirror image or the easier choice. Imagine trying to be a casting director and going, who do you think could, who hasn't done anything like this, but you think, but still could do it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like for instance, that, uh, you know, my deny is Beatrix Kiddo. Well, she's got the track record, you know, she's got the track record to show that she could do that role. But imagine trying to pick somebody who hasn't done anything like that and saying, you know what? She'd still nail it. And, you know, really trying to be that cast and director, just picking virtual unknowns, minor characters and TV shows and stuff like that and going, oh yeah, he'd be Wolverine. He could be Magneto. He could be just imagine trying to do that. Like some of these cast and directors, I mean, pretty much had to do because like, yeah, you're talking about Heath Ledger. But uh, from what I remembered from him, I remembered some romantic movies with him and stuff like that. And I was on the opposite side of you, Sterling. I was so scared for Dark Knight when they said it was going (laughs) to be him. I was like, who is this guy? Like, really him? Why not go after a name? Why not go after somebody who's a bit more of a name? I was scared, but no, he nailed it, you know? So, but you know know what I mean? Like trying to someone as Beatrix kiddo wouldn't necessarily fit in your version, but would could play a very good Beatrix kiddo. Naomi Scott. Nailed it. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. I should have known that was coming. I don't know why. I don't know why I expected a different name. I don't know why I didn't see that. And coming. you know who could be Bill? Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> Nailed it. What else? <laughs> this is easy. Well, we're done here. I guess we can end it then. I mean, just end give me conversation. Just give me another role and I'll fucking put John Krasinski in that based on today. He's going to play Bud. John Krasinski, Bud. Nailed it. He's Bud, yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest Ooh. Gump. Yeah, John Krasinski, Forrest Gump. Nailed it. Or Lakeith Stanfield. Hmm. Fuck it. Either one. <laughs> I'm down. And Naomi Scott would be Jenny. <laughs> yeah. You see, you're you're getting it now. You're I getting it. I got it. No, this is the movie. I don't disagree. Lakeith I love Stanfield. her. Lakeith Stanfield, Forrest Gump. Naomi Scott, Jenny. John Krasinski as Lieutenant Dan. I am God at this game. Yes. Lieutenant Dan. I was going to say, man, maybe Naomi Scott could be the lieutenant. Why not? Lakeith as Lieutenant Dan. No, 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 as uh, Forrest. And the, yeah, Krasinski as Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, I'm in. I can always play this game. Name three more roles. I can make these people them. <laughs> See, all right, let's do this here. We're going to play a fun game here. All right, so John Krasinski, we cast him as Justin. Naomi Scott as Heather. <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield as Sterling. Nailed it because we, nice. we don't care about racial, like, Boundaries. You just want to be Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Yes, that's really it. I want to be, La- I want Lakeith Stanfield to play me. So, Justin, unfortunately, you get John Krasinski. Oh, no. It's not sure a bad thing. Live. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, man. I'm so sad about that. I mean, seeing Krasinski as like a, like a wrestler guy. Okay. I can get into that. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'd be okay with Naomi Scott playing me. So, I, we could switch it around <laughs> even more if you wanted. 
I'll take either one. I'll take any. I'll, I'll take any of the three. I'll be with Keith, or I'll be Regina King. I'll take that too. Man, we, now we need another person just so we can bring Regina <laughs> King in this. Now, where's Devin? <laughs> Regina King's gonna yeah. be Devin. <laughs> I okay, like it. That's it. We got it. We nailed it. <laughs> I mean, it's you see. This is why I would be a terrible casting director because I know it sounds like I'm joking, <laughs> but I'm not. You could put Lakeith Stanfield or Naomi Scott in every movie ever, and I'd be fine with it. I mean, even John Wick, though, you know. At this point, if they want to reboot it and put Lakeith Stanfield as John Wick, fuck yeah, I'm down for it. As long as Chad's still (laughs) directing, I'm down. Okay. I'm just saying, I I think that that guy is the most unlimited actor out there. Because I just, I, I don't know if I've ever seen him in a movie and I didn't think he nailed it. Even his small part in Get Out, he nails the fuck out of that. Yeah. Oh, man. And him in Atlanta, he is my favorite character in Atlanta. And do you know how hard it is to outshine Donald fucking Glover? Yeah, that's hard to do. And he does. And I mean, oh, man, there's that that movie or that episode. Uh, what is it with the with the Teddy with, with uh, the the guy essentially that's Michael Jackson. And yeah, Teddy something. Yeah, but it's it's Lakeith Stanfield and Donald Glover. Pretty much the entire episode is just them. And it is pure magic. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of that way with everybody from from Atlanta, though. I mean, Donald Glover, Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Zazie Beats. I, I love every single one of them. Ooh, you know? Zazie Beats. Yeah, I know. I know Brian T- yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, that'd be a good one, Justin. As the as Vernita Green, she'd be really good. Any oh, of them. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. See, now I'm stuck on Zazie Beats. Fuck you guys. Okay. Sterling, recast, Brokeback Mountain, go. <laughs> Honestly, John Krasinski and Lee Keith Stanfield. <laughs> Who's the wives? Regina King and Naomi Scott? Regina King and Naomi Scott or Zazie Beats. <laughs> this Put is amazing. I love this. Or, I mean, Donald Glover and Brian Tyree Henry. Put them in it. I mean, <laughs> with Naomi Scott and Regina King as the wives. Or flip it. They can be gay couples that have a secret heterosexual relationship. <laughs> there you go all of it it works just interchange whoever you want of those people and i'm completely okay with it and i will sign on for that every day see i'm a terrible casting director i'm terrible at it i really kind of want to recast uh fucking velociraptor again and just use these people that we've been talking about i want naomi scott lakeith stanfield <laughs> donald scott. glover brian tyree henry zaze beats and, and regina scott. king put them in whatever roles you want i guess john krasinski would have to be the white ninja but everyone else can be everybody else. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. All right, guys. This is probably one of the longest mini episodes in the history of ever. So do you guys have anything else you want to bring up on this stuff? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel bad. You know we're going to end up doing another recast episode at some point. And I feel bad for everybody that's just either going to be a new listener and maybe not heard this one. Or thinking I'm going to change up something and not choose these people I'm stuck on forever. I'm going to see if I'm going to come up with like five movies where I can just put these people in it and see if I can logistically actually make it work. Like not even all my bullshit. Just see if I can figure out movies. Like, so I'm going to have these people and I'm going to then choose my movies based on the specific people I want cast instead of the other way around. Just so I can have five movies with the Hmm. same cast. Yeah. See, terrible casting director. You guys all think about the, how it would make the movie better. And I'm like, no, I want these people. (laughs) All right, guys. No normal outro tonight because this was supposed to be short and we went stupid long. Well, this isn't even stupid long, but we went long for a mini episode. So just remember, Justin thinks Moon Knight is an Academy Award winning movie. Ga ga ooh la la. I want Lakeith Stanfield to play Moon Knight.